Welcome to Misty 101 podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. Smart meters threaten to interfere with nuclear missile warning system. Nuclear missile early warning systems are at risk of interference from the rollout of smart meters, forcing energy bosses to halt installations across parts of Yorkshire. People living near IF Fillingdales have been refused the upgrade because smart meter signals may clash with its ballistic missiles radar equipment. Crewed by Royal Air Force staff on the North York Moors, Fillingdales scours the skies for ballistic missiles across a 3,000-mile radius, providing data to the U.S. government to warn of an impending strike on America. It is understood that the radio frequencies smart meters use to send data usage to suppliers has proven problematic because it is too close to those used by Fillingdales, formerly home to famous golf ball radar domes. They were demolished after the end of the Cold War and replaced with pyramid structures. Ministers have stopped the rollout to some homes within the North York Moors National Park until they can be kitted out with a new type of smart meter that can operate on the 454 MHz frequency instead of the standard 422-424 MHz band used by most smart meters. A letter from the Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy sent to some households late last year and seen by the Telegraph said, some premises within the vicinity of IF Fillingdales will require new technology that industry has been developing a special type of communications hub for smart meters at those properties to connect to the national smart metering network. The Telegraph revealed this month how new powers for the energy regulator will allow smart meters to send information about usage to suppliers every 30 minutes by default. The plans are part of preparations for so-called surge pricing, whereby electricity prices vary according to demand. Ministers are pursuing the technology to help manage the load on the grid as Britain increasingly depends on variable renewable power and electric vehicles. Such changes prepare the ground for households to potentially pay more during the busiest periods, raising the prospect of being penalised for using the washing machine or charging gadgets in the mornings or evenings. While in most parts of the country smart meters are being heavily marketed, in the area around Fillingdales those who do want one are being refused. One consumer living close to the IF Fillingdales base posted on a forum hosted by the Money Saving Expert website, Smet's two smart meters are simply not available to me because they operate at a radio frequency which will cause interference with an IF airbase, IF Fillingdales. All the potential energy suppliers just say no, you are ineligible for a SMETS 2 smart meter and leave it at that. The government said alternative smart meter technology compatible with IAF Fillingdales is being rolled out to nearby households, with a test deployment to 300 homes currently underway. Mike Hewitt, the chief technology officer of Smart DCC, the capital-owned company which runs the smart meter radio network, added, this work around IF Fillingdales is a good example of the kind of technical problem-solving needed to connect every home and small business to the nationwide secure smart metering network. 
I'm pleased that by working with the local community and our partners, we've built a solution that works for consumers in the area and the IAF. Hundreds of premises near Fillingdales have already been connected with the new smart meter tech he added. Putin goes nuclear. Russia ready to reroute all gas supplies from Europe, prices to soar. To reroute supplies to other markets after fearing its energy companies would get targeted by Western sanctions. Russian President Vladimir Putin has repeatedly been warned of massive sanctions by both the EU and the US as he appears to be eyeing up an invasion of Ukraine. But the West has also been warned by experts that Russia could cut the EU's gas, of which it supplies around 40%, as retaliation. Now, Mr. Silyanov has threatened to do just that, although he did not specify where energy exports would be diverted to. Mr. Putin has already shown he is willing to divert gas away from the West, given that gas flowing through the Yarmal Europe pipeline has been in reverse since December. The gas usually travels west, but the diversion to the east saw European prices skyrocket to record highs in December, surpassing October records. As Russia has been warned that its largest banks, its economy and its energy sector, could get hit with export controls, Mr. Silyanov has stressed that Russia can strike back. He told reporters, any export curbs would result in rising prices. And if such restrictions are to be applied then increases in prices should largely offset such curbs. But gas is not the only Russian import Europe might have to worry about if it slaps sanctions down on Russia. In fact, Russian imports account for 46% of Europe's solid fuels like coals, and 26% of its crude oil. This also comes as Mr. Putin looks poised to strike a gas deal with Pakistan. Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan is set to meet with his Russian counterpart in Moscow next week. It is expected that Mr. Khan will offer the Kremlin a lucrative contract to build a new pipeline, carrying gas through Pakistan. First proposed back in 2015, the Pakistan Stream Gas Pipeline. PSGP, formerly known as the North-South Gas Pipeline would not carry gas from Russia to Pakistan, as they do not share a border. At 1,040 kilometers, 646 miles, long, the project has been provisionally contracted by the Pakistani government to be built by Russia. The project was estimated to cost about $2.5 billion, £2.1 billion. The West has also been preparing for the event in which Russia cuts off gas exports to Europe. Woman gets payback on married neighbor with Valentine's Day card after he reported her parking. A woman whose neighbor reported her for parking on double yellow lines on their clothes has shared her Valentine's Day-themed tale of revenge. Taking to TikTok 23-year-old Kelly Lias revealed that in retaliation to her married neighbor's report, she sent him a Valentine's Day card, which naturally, may make his wife question his fidelity. The on-screen text reads, My neighbor decided to report me for parking on double yellow lines in our close, so I sent him this for Valentine's Day. Hopefully, 
his wife will see it first. She then showed the cover of a Valentine's Day card that reads, I love that you can be you, I can be me, and together we're happy as can be. The inside of the card reads, Happy Valentine's Day my darling. I can't believe I found you, but we're meant to be. I am always there for you and you're always there for me. No one in this world could make me feel this way. And all my love for you keeps growing more and more every day. I can't wait to see you next, miss you so much. Since posting the clip yesterday, it has received 225,000 views, 5,000 likes, and 350 comments. Some criticized her in the comment section, warning that her revenge will hurt her neighbor's wife more than him. Don't park on double yellow lines then. You're in the wrong, why you mad at them for, one viewer wrote. Another wrote, by getting your own back, you've just devastated hers. Kelly responded, shame they're just both nasty people anyways, karma always come back. In a later comment, she added, if you read the comments, a blue badge was on display so he had no reason to do this. He is a nasty bloke and so is she. The blue badge is a parking permit for people with disabilities and allows holders to park on double or single yellow lines for up to three hours. However, depending on the council area, holders may not be able to do so in areas where there are restrictions on loading and unloading. Others enjoyed her tale of revenge, with one viewer commenting, I am totally here for this level of petty. Bravo. Putin has raised the abhorrent specter of a nuclear option, could it be a sign of desperation? Russia's decision to raise the specter of a nuclear option in the Ukraine war is a significant escalation, but also perhaps a sign of desperation. Nuclear weapons are designed to pose the ultimate deterrence to a nuclear-armed enemy. The thinking goes that by possessing nuclear arms, and only a few countries do, including the UK, US and China, though not Ukraine, a state would never use them against another nuclear power or its allies because it would mean mutually assured destruction as they would fire back. The balance of that calculation though is impacted if one country, in this case Russia, suddenly puts its nuclear armed forces on high alert as well as aggressive signaling to the West, it is also a menace for Ukraine. Unlike for example UK nuclear weapons policy, Russia's nuclear doctrine allows for smaller, tactical nuclear warheads to be threatened in a conventional conflict, including against a non-nuclear armed country such as Ukraine, in the hope that the other side capitulates in fear. It is referred to as escalate to de-escalate. If the enemy does not back down, then Russia could in theory launch a limited, in relative terms, nuclear strike to inflict such punishing damage as to force a victory. An abhorrent thought, making for a deliberately escalatory threat by the Kremlin. But President Vladimir Putin's invasion is not going to plan. Four days in, his forces, despite their superior firepower, have failed to capture and hold any major cities. Instead, they appear to be incurring significant losses. As the invading force, 
they will know they only have finite supplies, from weapons to rations, so they will need to meet their objectives or face the prospect of retreat. At the same time, the Western response to the invasion has been far more powerful than even the optimists had imagined. Russian banks are being cut off from the main international payment system, and much of Europe's airspace is closed to Russian flights. Allies of Ukraine, including previously opposed Germany, have pledged to supply thousands of much-needed weapons. In the biggest gamble of his extended time in power, Mr. Putin chose to send his troops and missiles into Ukraine last Thursday in defiance of Western warnings to hold back. It means he cannot afford to fail or else he knows his time in power will almost certainly be over, leaving a legacy of humiliation and defeat. If we don't stop them, he will come for you one day, everyone's a potential Russian agent as Putin's forces approach Kyiv. It started as a concern, then a rumor, then a fact, Russian units, small in number, infiltrating the city, looking to bring terror to Kyiv and to plot routes for their main forces to enter the center of the capital. Within hours, the suspicion levels among Ukrainians had accelerated to near hysteria. Reports of arrests, of men being killed, and saboteurs painting potential targets with triangles, boosted the paranoia. Soon, everyone was a potential Russian agent. Everyone includes journalists often driving around in groups of four or five, dressed in body armor and wanting to film. We've been stopped and questioned by militia and police with guns drawn numerous times in the last two days. In the end, we decided to just stop, get out of our car, and explain who we were. It's not pleasant, but it worked in calming the situation down. Some of our teams in Ukraine have had much hairier experiences. It's the reason that here in Kyiv there is a curfew until at least Monday morning. It is likely to be extended, however. Basically, the security forces want everyone off the street, so that they can hunt down Russian saboteurs, as they describe it. The only people on the streets now are Ukrainian security forces and civilian militia. It's serious stuff. Men in plain clothes, supported by soldiers with very sophisticated weapons, arrested two men in a black SUV in central Kyiv. They were made to lie on the floor, held at gunpoint, and questioned. Eventually, they were escorted away by soldiers. With their hands clasped behind their heads, they were made to walk in a near crouch. We don't know why they were targeted, but it just shows how tense things are here. The city's mayor Vitaly Klitschko said they will continue hunting down suspected Russian cells. The Russians send some troops, small troops with, actually sometimes as civilians, with weapons, snipers and shooting and they want to make terror attack and to bring the panic to our city, we are hunting them, and we take some Russians who are coming to our city he explained to journalists. Consequently, everyone is indoors and quite often underground these days. The shelling is particularly bad at night, and basements and underground shelters, like the metro, offer the best protection. 
Yuri is the only person left in his apartment block. He is a Ukrainian national, but was born near Moscow. He showed me his basement. It was basic, a single mattress, a kettle, a lamp, a few essentials, surrounded by hot water pipes. The best thing you could say about it was that it was warm. It's safe down here he said, even if they're bombing, I can't hear anything. I leave the light on and the door open 24 hours a day now, because if I need to get in here, I can't afford to not be quick. Yuri won't leave Kyiv, he has however persuaded his wife to go to the countryside. She is now there with their dog. This war, he told me, is about protecting basic human rights and freedoms. Now we don't give our freedom, to, anybody, never, until we die. I want to live like a normal human in a country with normal rules. He told me he wished the Russian people could see what's happening here, experience what they're experiencing. But also see what Ukraine is like when there isn't a war, something he never thought would happen here. If we don't stop them, he, Putin, will come for you one day. Putin humiliated as troops down weapons in massive collapse of Russian morale. At the same time, there were reports of government employees resigning in disgust over their country's invasion of Ukraine. The Russian leader finally unleashed his forces on his western neighbor last Thursday. Russian soldiers launched a massive attack from the north, east and south, as they sought quickly to take key objectives. However, they were met by fierce and brave resistance from both the Ukrainian army and civilian militias and appear to have suffered heavy casualties. Reports have now started to emerge that claim thousands of Russian soldiers have either downed their weapons or are refusing to fight. Taras Kuzio, a research fellow at the Henry Jackson Society, tweeted today, Ukrainian News Channel 24, 5,000 Russian soldiers in staging area in Russia, north of Kharkiv have revolted and refusing to attack Ukraine. He added, earlier report from front lines around Crimea is a half of Russian soldiers turned over equipment to the Ukrainians, again refusing to fight. Channel 24 has broadcast news in Ukraine since 2006 and belongs to TRK Lux Media, which is controlled by Katerina Kitsadova, the wife of Lviv Mayor Andrew Sadovii. Numerous videos have been circulating on social media that show captured Russian soldiers being interrogated by their captors. The young men appear totally demoralized and almost to a person say they were never told by their officers that they were being sent to invade. The Russian soldiers claim that their superiors had merely told them that they were taking part in standard military exercises. The fierce fighting appears to have inflicted a heavy toll on Russia's army in terms of lives and equipment. On Sunday, Ukraine's Deputy Defense Minister Hanamilya claimed Russian forces had lost about 4,300 servicemen. She also alleged that Mr. Putin's army had lost around 146 tanks, 27 aircraft and 26 helicopters. On Friday, 
The Economist also reported that the Russian army sustained more casualties in 24 hours than it suffered over eight years of military activity in Syria. The Russian tyrant also seems to be facing an exodus of government employees, who no longer want to work for their administration. Neil Hauer, a journalist, wrote on Twitter, Russian friends sharing texts with me of their colleagues in Russia's public service resigning over this invasion. Widespread disgust among Russian government employees over Putin's decision. He added, one tells me, if you have the ear of Western politicians, tell them to keep pushing. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast. We thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.